Welcome to the He Said, She Said podcast. I'm Tara. Hi, I'm EJ. And here we are again today. Yeah. And uh, before we kind of get into our topic, I just wanted to appreciate you today, EJ. Oh, thank you. <laughs> what do you appreciate me for? So it's a Monday morning and we had all four kids um, for the weekend. We did. And I usually find myself on Monday feeling really overstimulated and just kind of exhausted. And I can tend to be a little, um, I guess the word is irritable in the mornings because I'm just feeling overwhelmed and I'm just more prone to anxiety anyway. My whole life is just in my body. And you were amazing at supporting me and getting the kids out of the house so they could play, not judging me. Um, It felt really good that you allowed me to feel overwhelmed. And so I wanted to say thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for saying that. It's, um, yeah, I don't always do a great job at it, but Luckily, one thing that you've done that's, that helped me do that today is you've been really consistent about about telling me what's going on for you on Monday mornings and, yeah. and letting me know what you need and and letting me know what I'm doing and not doing that's working. So, yeah. It is. It's just so interesting because I, I, I feel like I'm always trying to do work, right, on this narrative like, oh, I'm so stressed out. I can't handle this. This is too much. And it still comes, right? That narrative comes like, oh, I don't know if I can just handle four kids. Like, I, what if I'm not built for this? But I'm always able to be aware of it and be like, hang on. I know where that comes from. It comes from fear. I love EJ. This is what we chose. But I just, I'm, I'm sometimes really surprised that it's just, it's a constant internal dialogue. Well, you and know? I'm trying to get better about not like jumping onto like sort of the second second chapter of that of that story you're telling because I, I can I can sense this like oh I'm not supposed to be here I, I'm not happy I don't like this and then I go to, right to like it's my fault she doesn't love me yeah, I'm gonna I'm screwing this up yeah I, and, I like when you don't go there <laughs> yeah and it's, it's hard not to because it's just like it's just bang bang it happens so quick but oh, thank you for saying that because this welcome. morning I like I I didn't write that second chapter and, you did and then not. We, we left and I knew you were kind of, you know, that it was a hard morning, but you weren't mad at me. And I think you like, here we are doing our podcast yeah, together. Yeah. We're about to talk about sex. All right. Let's talk That's, about it. <laughs> the, yeah. uh, the title of this is it's getting cold in here. Yeah. Obviously. That's the opposite of it's getting hot in here, so yeah. take off all your clothes. It's and getting cold in here, uh, so, so why don't put you put on, on your, your sweats. pants and your daily beige bra and those underwear you've had in your... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what we do, right? We get When we start to get uh, comfortable with our partner, uh, the sexy underwear, they start to become less frequent and... We just kind of get more comfortable in what we're wearing. We, you know, it's it's, it's normal. It, uh, most people. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, if you your know, belly starts to happen. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's a normal thing uh, after you know whether it's a few years or a few decades of, of being together with each other. Um, it's the heat isn't isn't necessarily turned up quite as easily yeah. and uh, and as frequently. Um, it's definitely one of the main reasons that people end up coming to couples counseling. It's, it's certainly been our experience uh, with, with our clients, and, and I think there's you know there's statistics that bear it out that like one of the primary reasons that, that people come into couples counseling is when intimacy has really you know become infrequent. Well, yeah, I mean, I think 
let's yeah let's go back what does it start to look like when it's getting when, cold in here when it's getting frigid well i mean i think that so like you just said the most yeah, obvious the most obvious indicator is when there's just a lot less sex infrequent or sex. none you or know. none yeah yeah we we've seen couples in here that have gone years and years without having any sexual intercourse yeah. and that's such like a personal thing too because i mean we've had couples who are like who are like yeah we're only having sex once a week you know, and then yeah. and and then to another couple that might be like you know the golden zone, and so it's it's really, you know, about the couple and what they what they want, what their yeah. sort of, yeah. you know, what their baseline is. But sex uh, is, is definitely one yeah. of the biggest predictors that it's getting cold in here. Just to back it up, because we're talking about intimacy, but more so around sex today. But intimacy, we view it on a spectrum, right? It's everything from hand-holding, kissing, kind words, compliments, all the yeah. way to sex. We are focused on sex today, but intimacy, again, is across the spectrum. So just always keep that in mind. Yeah, and, 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 it, and just that they can't be separated at all. And, and as, as much as we want to make sex a, you know, kind of the end-all, be-all, yeah. that it's really they healthy. They all tie together. Yeah, it's really healthy for a couple to understand that, that intimacy is, is a broad range of positive interactions that you know, make you feel important and yeah. connected to your partner. All right, so let's go back to when okay. it's when it's when it's what icicles. Is, right? Yeah, what does it look like when it's getting cold in here? Um, so a, I think a big thing, and I'm not saying that this happens for a lot of women, but I found in my experience, it's more women than men that it starts to feel like a chore instead of something I want to do. Like, oh, it's just for maintenance of our relationship, so we have to do this. Or it's Sunday, and that's when it happens. So yeah. sometimes I'm not in the mood, but I still do it. Yeah. That. Right, it's a that's a sign. That is a sign that something else is happening. Absolutely. Okay, what and, else? And that and that kind of that piggybacking on that is when it is when there's like a pressure going on within the relationship around around it. That one person is is maybe feeling like you were just talking like oh, I'm just not totally into this, or I gotta like get myself to do this. And then conversely, the other person is like the one being like, come on, like like this is important to me we need to do this my buddy or my friend you know mm -hmm. they they have sex this many times a week and we're only doing this mm -hmm. you know when you feel like one person is sort of pushing and pressuring the other person yeah so what again what it does start to look like um maybe you know one or both people start to feel less sexually desirable or there's some insecurities with body image which you know that that can kind of be the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It can kind of be like a, a symptom. Body image issues, yeah, because you're, you know, you're constantly in this insecurity phase around your body, and so then you don't want your partner to see your body because you feel so bad about yeah. it, and then and, that starts to impact intimacy. Yeah, and, it, and what it can do is it can lead to intimacy feeling detached, that you can just feel like not very present for your partner, or, or conversely, you might notice like, wow, my partner is like just not like, they're just not totally here, you know. Yeah, they they don't seem yeah. to be into it like they used to be into if it. If sex, snuggling, kissing, if, that, if those start to feel detached, again, pretty good indicator that it's, you know, there's a cold front coming through. Yeah, yeah. Another, another big indi indicator is it just seems like everything else is more important. That, like, there's just not time. Like, we don't have time. We got to... 
we got to go to the soccer game, and then we got to do this thing for work, and then feeling oh, too we gotta, tired at the end gotta, of the day. We got to clean the garage, and yeah. like oh, at the end of the day, it's like oh, that's like the last thing. It becomes feeling tired for. becomes an excuse, and then sex is like the symptom of that. Yeah. Right. Um, what else? What well, does it start to look like? If, oh. if you know, this I feel like this is like this like cascade of things that happen, but. But when the, the, you know, when you just feel a little bit separate and you're not really present and you don't have the time for it, then, and when, then when you do, maybe there's a feeling of resentment. Maybe it's like, oh, I give so much or, you know, I work yeah. so hard and then I got to, this is my expectation too, or I took care of yeah, the kids Feelings all day of resentment today. definitely impact um, quality of intimacy. And if you don't have healthy communication around how to, you know, go through that uh, resentment and talk about it and heal it in a way that, you know, connects you guys. It's yeah. going to build and build. Um, I mean, we've we've definitely named some what, but why, why does it happen? I think, EJ, you already piggybacked on that one. We are overworked. We are stressed out. Sex becomes like the last thing, right, yeah. that is a priority. Um, having kids having kids like you're yeah. just constantly running around and they're energy suckers and they're yeah. great energy suckers and so, so yeah so we're talking about like so why does it happen yeah so we, we kind of identified um the the you know sort of the the like the the external things that might lead to it and what it and what it looks like and what it looks like and then why does it happen it happens like you said is it because we're overworked and stressed because the kids are demanding a lot of our attention. Sometimes it's just like, you know, financial stress, like, or, or some external stress is just eating up every bit of our energy. I think there's also the, that we can start to minimize the importance of our own sexual nature and being, Yeah. you know, because again, we're, we're so focused on all these other things. It's like, oh, sex is just like this thing that happens when like everything's going to be better. Yeah. <laughs> I think also there is an expectation early on in a relationship that you just won't ever have to work on this. Oh yeah. You know, and that there's and that there's really no context for communication around sex. You know, people just don't know, you know, they don't they don't know how to do it. And so they oh, they know how to do it, but they don't know how to talk about it. Right. And so I mean, we have to establish like sort of early on in our relationship that, that it's something that we can talk about, that it's okay to say like, man, it's, you know, like we kind of joke around, it's getting cold in here and like, man, we just don't, there doesn't seem to yeah. be that level of attraction. That, yeah, that's more of solutions, which we'll definitely get into. I think so. Um, so there's, there are relationships where there is chronic conflict, right? And that could also be a source, just unhealthy communication and chronic conflict could be a source of, you know, intimacy decreasing yep. again we already said body image and insecurity I mean, and some I, mental health struggles like anxiety yeah i mean th there can just be like really like like emotional and biological reasons as well that end up sort of lowering your, the frequency and the quality of your of your sexual interactions and that that can be everything from just like you know that that can be you know met with men lowered testosterone rates and with women going through menopause menopause or you know a big thing that we have is that couples after they have kids don't ever like really have very good discussions around sex 
and it just sort of shifts the the sexual energy having a child or two or three and they never sort of reconnect Mm -hmm. i think old programming from childhood even religious beliefs around sex that can cause shame and judgment i think those impact you know uh your sexual relationship and those can pop up at really weird times too like yeah. when you're not expecting it like we've, we've definitely had clients who you know had like a pretty robust sex life and it was everything was great and then it just got offline and one of the partners reports like wow you know I just like I just for some reason have been reconnecting to like all these like negative beliefs around sex that I learned when I was a kid yeah and it feels like yeah, there's something like yeah. that feels shameful about it. And the, and then the partner who who um, who's on the other end of it just is confused by it and is like, well, well, why we used to you know things used to be this certain way between us, and now you're saying that that you feel like embarrassed about it. Like, yeah. gosh, that's so strange. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, I I think you might have already said this, but I again. We don't really learn how to talk about sex, and if we aren't getting our sexual needs met by our partner, again, that can build resentment. But you know, I don't know if we know how to, you know, verbalize our sexual needs to our partners. That's really, really, really vulnerable. So, yeah. not getting those needs met again, but then not talking about it is going to lead to dissatisfaction in your in your sexual relationship. Yeah. And and, and yeah. oh, one more thing I was going to yeah, no, say. Yeah, absolutely, go for it. I've noticed after couples, whether it's after they have kids or they've been together for a while, like they just, they just kind of do more routine sex. They kind of lack more creativity and adventure, adventuresome qualities, um, l- lack of spontaneity in the bedroom. Yeah. And I think that happens, and so it's just, it kind of takes, I don't know, it takes something out of it, I guess, you yeah. know? Not yeah. being able to have that creativity and, you know, like... Well, and, I, and I think that rolls down from, like, other areas in your life that, like, when, when you're early on in your relationship, there's spontaneity and just, like, you it know, doing happens. fun stuff together. Just like, you know, going out on a, on a date out of nowhere or bringing home flowers out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. That, that if in other areas of your life there's, there's not a lot of spontaneity and not a lot, a lot of just excitement, then it's certainly going to roll sort of, you know, down, downhill into your sex life as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I also think, um, I may have said this, but I don't know, Especially after big life transitions, really children, I don't think that couples know, like for that first year, like sex is going to decrease for most people because you're keeping, you know, you, you've got this new yeah. human and you're all of your energy. And so, but it's okay, right? That, that you guys will go back online. But if there wasn't a discussion that, listen, sex is going to go offline. It's going to suck for both of us because it's something we really enjoy, you know, but in about a year, that's really focus on that like people really don't have those discussions no judgment we didn't we weren't learned we didn't learn how to have those but we have found that couples who can have those discussions and accept that right now this is going to be a time where sex is more infrequent that's okay maybe someone's sick maybe someone's going through cancer treatment maybe someone's going through sexual abuse treatment I mean there's so many reasons why at a certain time in your life that sex might go down and that's okay as long as you guys talk about it and you accept it and I know we are totally filling your ears with so much information yeah I'm just (laughs) jumping back for a second when you were talking about after children are born I think that's a really important time to know that there's a lot of like role shifting that happens at that at that point 
and suddenly become a mother, you become a father. And sometimes, and this is actually Freud has a whole um, has a whole theory on this is that is that men in heterosexual relationships sometimes struggle when their when their partner, their wife, goes from being like you know that their their um, hot single yeah, hot single babe to a mo- to a mom. <laughs> And that can create like this sort of shift in them where they can't they, they can only see their their wife as a maternal as, as, the, as the maternal mother figure and they can they have the struggle to relate to them as a sexual being as well. And then also for women in that time, I was like, How how do I relate to myself or how do you relate to yourself as a uh, you know, as a sexual being when Man, you're you're a mom, and you're yeah. giving so much of your attention yeah. and focus and energy. And the answer would be, I don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that it's nice that we can talk about how yeah. frustrating it is to go yeah. through this complete body change, yeah. and that my breasts are now for feeding and not for groping. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm still I'm still getting over that one. So um, so, so we l- did we so we talked about what reasons why. And how it starts to look cold and frigid, but yeah. we really want to so, help. And, you. and it's also like we want to just make sure we put out there like it's an absolutely normal thing for for in relationship for sexuality to be shifting and changing, and the amount of connection you are and are not having. But it's also really important to be aware of that it happens for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's normal. It's Everybody's going to go through this. Yes. And, 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 and we are here, we really want to help you guys uh, warm it up. That's, yeah. That's, <laughs> Again, so and here's we, some always, solutions. we always try to also stick in a little plug for, for couples counseling in general, yeah. is that this is, these are really hard things to talk about. And, and there's often a lot of complex reasons that they're happening, and this is always a great time to, to meet up with a couples counselor and get a little support in that. Mm-hmm. All right, so how to warm it up. Obviously, the number one thing, if it feels safe, is to talk to each other about what it's like to just talk about intimacy. Just what is it going to be like for us to even talk about this? Does it feel easy? Is it going to feel hard? Do you need a couples therapist to help support you in this, or do you guys think you could navigate it? I think if you're listening to this podcast... And at this point, you don't um, you don't necessarily relate. You're like, no, me and my partner have a good sex life. We don't have to worry about it. It would be a great thing to to preventatively say, yes. like, hey, what's it like for us to talk about sex? Yeah. Like, if we do go through some problems, how is that going to be for us? And how do we make sure that uh, that we're ready for that and that we're open to that communication mm-hmm. when it needs to happen? Yeah, and, and I think too, really focusing on the idea of intimacy being on the spectrum. Because, you know, you want to start building on the little things, right? You want to start building on the touches and the kisses and the praise and the kind words. Because that's the, you know, on one end of the intimacy spectrum. And the more you start to focus on that, you'll build up to that place where, you know, you can you can navigate that entire spectrum yeah. of intimacy. I mean, I think if you're the person on the end of, in the relationship that's feeling like, they really want to connect sexually a little bit more, I, I would say, well, then you should focus a lot on the other end of the, of the spectrum of intimacy, that you should really up your kind words and your appreciation and, you know, just start small. 
Start with start with little small things that you know will make your partner feel special. Like building and, a fire. But here's the trick. Yeah, yeah, it's like building a fire. You, you know, we don't throw big logs on first. We start with a little kindling and we start the yeah. little fire and then we got to go from there. But here's like the really hard thing, I think, is letting that action be just because you love the person, not because you're trying to get them to have sex more frequently. Because if that happens... Your partner is gonna. They're gonna. They're gonna know that it's conditional. And, and what do all of us want more than anything in our relationship? To feel loved. To feel loved yeah. unconditionally. And so, it, so, you know, definitely, if you're noticing that that sexual intimacy is is going down, pay attention to the little things that you can do to make your partner feel good. Another thing is f- figuring out. You know, I don't know if some of you have probably heard the five love languages, but figuring out what your partner's love language. is is what each of you like, what makes you feel connected and and um, connected in an intimate way and really start to focus on, okay, my partner loves it when I, you know, give her massages or, yeah. you know, or whatever it is. Or swifter the house. That's what Tara said. the house. It's my favorite yeah. thing. Um, I think, and I think that's a great point too. Like if you're trying to generate more of this type of interactions between two, two of you, you know, get a fun book. Get like the five love languages. Um, there, there's more like question card games like truth and dare and flirt. Um, there yeah, but are. Get, but getting outside resources, outside resources to kind of help out, you know, and get those conversations going. Exactly. Do something big, like take your partner on a trip or a retreat. We do have our... First couples retreat happening. Yeah, October seventeenth um, through the twenty in Sunday River, Maine. It's called Fall into Intimacy. So this is going to be our focus. We're super excited. Yeah, but yeah, doing some sort of a trip or a retreat just for the two of you definitely a great way to spark the things again. One more thing, um, mindfulness during intimacy, practicing that. I think a lot of people when they are intimate, they are like everywhere but there. Where do I have to do today? Is this going to be over soon? When is this going to be done? I have to get this done. Like I didn't have time for this. I feel so tired. Blah, blah, blah. If you can really practice being present, you know, just using your five senses, touch, taste, smell, being present in those moments, it's really going to cultivate quality of your relationship. And then the last thing, and people like cringe when they hear this. (laughs) This is terrorist. Scheduled intimacy. Yeah. But let me just read this research article. Right, seventy-five percent of people claim to be unhappy with their sex lives. Okay, however, they have found, and this is in the Journal of Sex Research, that couples who schedule sex are much happier and fulfilled in their sex lives than couples who will just think it will happen spontaneously. And we've found, first of all, it can look like scheduled and it's me, but it's, but what you're really doing is. Maybe an hour a week you're saying, listen, we've got this crazy busy lifestyle, but every Friday from like 8 to 9, we are going to carve out one hour of time, not necessarily to have sex, but maybe to make dinner together when the kids aren't around. Maybe to give each other massages. Maybe to just listen to our favorite music. Maybe to just snuggle. Maybe to have sex, you know. It's that just like we, you know, we take care of ourselves and we go to the doctor's appointments and we schedule all these things. We're scheduling intimacy time. And it can be spontaneous. I mean, I always say the foreplay of scheduling intimacy nights is you can talk about it during the week, like yeah. what do you want to do? Do we want to have a night of trying different positions? I mean, it could be fun and creative. It's just you're making that time weekly yeah. and you're setting it aside for you guys, whatever that looks like. And yeah. we have found, research has found, couples who do that 
are way more satisfied in their sex I mean, we, life. We definitely, when we bring that up to couples, they, uh, they're, they're reticent at first, but then once they try it, once they say, just make, and again, like Tara said, it's not necessarily about making a date just primarily for sex, but just for spending quality time together. Once they do it, they start to realize like, oh my gosh, this is, this is amazing. And, and man, this makes us feel good because we are focusing on each other. We're making each other a priority, even if it's just sitting on the back deck of our house saying like, we're going to sit here and talk for an hour. Yeah. I mean, again, I know a lot of information here. Always, please feel free um, to reach out for support. Ask us any questions. Um, yeah, let's do uh, so one do questions? Our, yeah, a couple yeah. of questions from social media. Um, the first is from Facebook. Um, the first question is for Facebook. And if you have a, a question that you'd like to ask us through Facebook, uh, you can uh, message us or uh, just send it to at he said, she said counseling at Facebook. And the question is, uh, should you go to bed angry? This is definitely something you hear a lot about. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that, that it, it would be great if there was a black and white answer to that. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I don't think it's as easy as yes or no. I mean, I think if you can resolve conflict... If you can make the time to sit down and talk in a thoughtful manner about something that you guys are struggling with before you go to bed, that would be great. But I also know there's times where, especially if a argument happens late at night, or and you're you just, know that resolution just can't yeah, happen, and you're that you're struggling to have perspective. Yeah, you agree that it's okay that you yeah. guys are going to maybe revisit this in the morning because you're just burnt toast. Yeah, I mean, I think that again, as with most things in communication and relationship. It's about having agreements and letting each other know like and having this discussion between the two of you is is it okay to go to bed angry and if so can you kind of have a way to, mm -hmm. to communicate to each other when, when you're at that moment and you're just like let's go to bed I love you let's talk about we'll this revisit tomorrow, it tomorrow. Yep. yeah all right so second question is on our Instagram page at he said she said couples and actually it's a great question when is our dates for our next he said she said retreat Oh. So our next dates for our retreat, it's in Sunday River, Maine, October 17th through October 20th of 2019. The title is Fall into Intimacy. Um, it's going to be amazing and wonderful, and we are very excited. So thank yeah. you for that question. It's going to be at the, the changing of the leaves back east. Mm -hmm. It's just going to be a gorgeous time to, to make your relationship with your loved one a priority. Deepen it, yeah. yeah. So, so thank you for listening today, and we'll see you guys or hear from you guys hopefully and uh yeah, yeah. have a great week bye have bye. a great week thanks bye-bye When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.